0: Welcome back to I'd Rather Be at the Beach, brought to you by the Bonjour Agency. If you work in an independent school, then this is the podcast for you, but we don't talk about work here. Why not? Well, because you're probably too busy to listen to a podcast when you're at work. And when you're not at work, like when you're walking the dog or you're in the gym or you're driving back from dropping your kid at university, then let's face it, you don't want to listen to something that's too worky-worky. Now, this is a really interesting episode because my guest this time is Hugh Viney. He's the founder of Minerva Tutors and Minerva Virtual Academy. So he's flying the flag for the online school option. Now, even though we don't talk about work, I do challenge Hugh on the elephant in the room, that surely children shouldn't be online for school, that they should be running around with other children in the playground and learning in a physical classroom. Check out what he has to say about that. But I also ask him about what he did before he started an online school. He was in a band and how he feels about running a school today. But is it a school or is it a business? Or are all schools businesses? Mm. Anyway, so much to talk about and so little time. So let's not waste any more of it. But instead, let's jump into the world of online education. Come with me right now as we speak to Hugh Viney. Hugh, thank you for being here and welcome to I'd Rather Be at the Beach. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it's good to have you here. Good to have you here. Uh, Do you know much about I'd Rather Be at the Beach as a podcast?
1: Only that it's a brilliant idea. And it speaks to a lot of how a lot of people are feeling in that they'd rather be at the beach and in their job, um, something like that. And I can I can relate. I'm off to the beach on Sunday. So. Oh, very nice. <laughs> yes. Which beach are you going to? <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> Cape Town, Camps Bay. So flying to South Africa on Sunday um, to get some of that winter sun that we all crave and need. And yeah, very much looking forward to that. Um, best thing, of co- best thing of course about South Africa is the time zone. So. One can go there and and work, if if that's your way inclined. So you can have half a holiday and half work, which I tend to do. So we try and take a few weeks and uh, maybe have holiday in the middle for a week. So that's good. That's the best thing. One of the things about South Africa, the time zone. But also, if you have an 18-month-old baby like I do, time zones are very important when you go on holiday because you don't want to mess with any sleeping patterns or sleeping structures or routines. So, yeah, yeah. Big fan of uh, heading south on uh, the same time zone. Yeah,
0: no, Very good. So that means minimal jet lag as well. So interesting, though, that you're going on Sunday, because right now for a lot of schools, it's half term. A lot of people are away during half term, but it sounds to me like you're going away at the end of half term. What's that all about? That's a really good question.
1: Although I'm the owner and CEO of the school, um, I am not involved in the day to day activities of school. I'm, I'm not a teacher. I don't run any classes or, or clubs, is one answer. Um, and the other is, of course, well, we are an online school, so um, it doesn't matter where any of us are at any time, uh, we can deliver our lessons, our assemblies, our clubs, our activities, because they are all online. And indeed, several members of the faculty are, are in uh, foreign countries, or non-UK countries, sorry. Um, eight, I believe, at the last check. We have kids in 40 countries at the last check and teachers in eight And indeed, members of the HQ staff, so, you know, non-teaching staff. We've got someone, uh, Laura, who's been with us uh, 18 months? No, nearly two years. Um, She's in France. So, yeah, we are... It doesn't matter where we are. Our school uh, uh, doesn't... Our school doesn't require teachers to be... In the UK, um, it runs no matter where we are. So
0: let's just get this right then. Uh, Am I right in saying then you don't have a single kind of school building, like a bricks and mortar school building, but everyone is teaching online and all of the pupils are online as well? Is that the way that it works?
1: hundred percent, yeah. So um, I could be (laughs) going to South Africa and if I was teaching at the school, I would be just going there and doing my lessons next week. That's absolutely right. And, And then answer your question, is there a physical location? We have an office in South London, which I'm sitting in right now but we are a remote first company. So, you know, we've got 50 in the faculty now, spread, like I said, across eight countries, mostly UK, let's be honest, but spread across eight countries and about 18 HQ staff, non, non-teacher non staff. And uh, yeah, no, I'm, often it's just me in this office um, on my own in South London. But then suddenly we have 20 people at once for our quarterly meetups or we might have 10 in for a, department meter and um, so you know but it's uh yeah it's quite quiet I sense me being able to talk quite loudly probably annoying the neighbors but yeah
0: <laughs> okay so let's just address the elephant in the room because while some people do understand the concept of of an online school i imagine that you hear a lot of people saying to you whoa whoa, whoa hang on children should be with other children they should be running around a playground they should be with teachers in a physical classroom getting like you know bumped and in, into other people and stuff like that what's this all about are you trying to persuade people to to not go into traditional schools and that that everyone should be online is is that what you're saying
1: yeah um, absolutely not most children should be at physical schools 100 it's absolutely the right place to be in a classroom with a playground with a teacher and with physical support uh, physical interaction is, is absolutely the right thing for most kids but a small, um, what I call significant minority of children, uh, physical school is not the best place for them. Um, physical makes them sad. Physical makes them school makes them anxious. Physical school does not support their needs. Physical school um, does not support their mental health. You know, physical sc- school does not support their routine, their profession, whatever. And online schooling is perfect for that small number of kids um, that small percentage of kids and you said about where we try and persuade children these children need to physically interact etc um as one of your first points and that's absolutely true but children at our school do physically interact just perhaps not with their classmates and one of the be- main benefits of online school is um you get school done quicker so you know eight hours in a physical school of learning you can do in about four hours at an online school because we're efficient with processes we're efficient with ways of learning so four hours at school and then you then you're outside playing or you're outside with at your local club or you've got this hobby that you do or or indeed like many of our children about 15 percent of the kids at our school that you're an elite athlete so where you're having physical interaction with fellow fellow athletes at your local club so um No, it's an important point. I hope we answered both of them. Yeah, we are not trying to persuade every parent out there that their child should be at online school. We are just... Uh, the perfect solution for a small minority. Um, and the physical thing is 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 a really important question, but uh, I can we could address that in more detail about how our children interact socially because it's an important one.
0: Tell me first, how you got into all of this? I mean, you know when people leave school or university or whatever their education was, quite often they 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 start working for another for or for an employer, and then maybe they get a promotion, they move up the ranks within that company. What led you to starting your own? well, I was going to say starting your own school, starting your own business. It is a business at the end of the day, isn't it?
1: It's absolutely a business. It's almost business. It was a business first almost in a way before a school. We treat it very much like a business because um, I'm an entrepreneur and it's my second business. Well, you could argue, you could count it as my third business actually, because the first one failed. Um, so, you know, yeah, it, it was a we are very much a school but run run like a business um it, for, and, and all the right reasons that sounds kind of <laughs> the education community might find fa- might find that sounding kind of threatening and and, and uh, uh scary but that's not what i meant um i can explain in more detail so how did it all begin well you know <clears throat> i read classics at ucl um i'm i'm a you know a latin and ancient greek were my were my thing my absolute favorite thing in the world so i wanted to go to university to study the subjects i loved Never any intention of going into a career that you know, would utilise those things, just um, like all good humanities lovers. And and we're very fortunate enough in the UK that our uh, university system supports uh, people of all degrees. Um, so most people that study a humanities degree often go off into any job they like, basically. Um, and you, you, do, you do not get that around the world. We're very fortunate in the UK that that's a thing. So I went to UCL to do classics knowing full well that I would probably end up... Um, being going into international law or, or um, civil service, foreign office, or something like that—that that was more always my dream. But I got into music in a big way. I formed a band and I did what every parent wants. I threw away my uh, fantastic education and uh, my my uh, for 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 a life in a to pursue a life as a rock star and uh, and did that for about three years, oh, wow. including you know two years very completely all i did we, we um the band we quit our jobs wow and and went for it full time absolutely so yeah and to make the joke about my parents i was very fortunate that they all supported me no matter what so that was it i i tried to, really really tried to be a rock star and uh, uh ultimately it didn't work out we were pretty good but you know not good enough and um uh, i was looking around i was 25 had no money because it, <laughs> it doesn't pay <laughs> So being a musician does not pay. And um, I was looking around and and like morons from my school who I'd grown up with were in jobs making lots of money or some money. And I just sat, I was there trying to be a musician making no money. And I thought, what the hell am I doing uh, with my life? So that was my epiphany. And I tutored on the side uh, for cash. So that supported my uh, music, because I didn't get paid for music. So I was a tutor. I tutored one-on-one in London. Families, I tutored families in the 11+. plus. I started off trying to tutor Latin and Greek, but didn't get any work. So I quickly retrained as a maths tutor uh, and uh, and got work. And I decided I loved tutoring. I absolutely loved it. It gave me the same buzz as music. So it was very easy to give up music, actually, in the end, because I love tutoring so much. So... Um, I loved the effect I could have, the impact I could have on children with one-on-one attention. Uh, And not just the exam results that they did well in, that's one thing, but the way I could motivate them and boost their confidence. um, And that really opened my eyes to children with anxiety who I could make feel confident again. Uh, That's sort of often with teenage girls or or sort of the moody teenage boys who I could um, motivate um, and that was the beginnings of uh, my methodologies as a tutor focusing on motivation and confidence and after a, you know quitting music and a year of doing that i think you're wondering how where i'm getting with this because this, this is important uh, i thought i can't impact more than 10 12 kids being a tutor why not start my own tutoring business so uh, in 2014 i founded minerva tutors uh, and um, we're coming up to our ninth year now and that's been a joy of mine, and um, and we have have gone on to impact thousands and thousands of kids um, with one-on-one tuition, which is great, and we also, I mean, get into the nuts and bolts of this, but it was also um, not just with the one-on-one after-school tuition that Minerva started doing. In about 2017, homeschooling started being our biggest request, so Minerva Tutors became one of the leading providers of homeschooling services in the UK, but homeschooling one-on-one with tutors is expensive. And that's why one of the reasons in 2020, we decided to found Minerva's Virtual Academy, which is an online school, an online independent school, but it's effectively a homeschooling solution, an affordable homeschooling solution. Um, And that came off the back of us being experts in homeschooling and in online teaching. So, you know, we weren't a school that went online, um, like some schools have done, we were um, experts in homeschooling that decided to create an affordable homeschooling solution. And that was the beginnings of Minerva's Virtual Academy.
0: So you mentioned 2020 and Clearly 2020 was a significant year for, for that thing that we don't want to talk about. But, but, but I imagine that for people doing your line of work, you, you're in exactly the right place at the right time.
1: People actually said that to me lots. They said... Um... Oh wow business must be great it was but we we did things like summer camps which completely failed obviously in covid we used to send tutors abroad and that all went that all went that all went down the drain and there was an explosion with one-on-one tutoring but all the that was all the sort of cheap tutoring and loads of teachers would register themselves on these websites and charge 30 pounds an hour you know so hideously to undercut us so it was a weird time i must say but um in answer to your question obviously the whole country became aware of what homeschooling was in that time and many parents most parents hated it obviously because most kids should be at school as we all know and the headlines were correct but a small but significant minority of parents loved it why do they love it because they saw their child happy for the first time in five years they thought why is my kid happy doing school what is this what's going on oh it's because they're not at physical school so this small but significant minority of parents um, realised this small, significant but significant minority of children were happier in a home learning environment. So yeah, the phone wouldn't stop ringing because you go and Google homeschooling, Minerva tutors came up the top. The phone then people started ringing the phone and we couldn't handle it. Um, but the same problem was there from before COVID. Ninety percent of the people calling us could not afford our product, one-on-one homeschooling with tutors. Ninety percent of those families can't afford it. Couldn't afford it before COVID couldn't afford it during COVID or, or since, but we just had way more people calling. The same but the same sort of percentage couldn't afford it. And and we want I wanted to help that ninety percent of people. I wanted to and there's obviously a market there as well. So um um it was a decision I made in that summer. So in October twenty twenty we, we got together, well, I uh, could talk about the story in more detail if you like, but that, that was the bones of it, this sort of COVID, you're right, that, that 2020 and COVID. We were we were there with our experience, but with our passion to help people that want an alternative form of education, which we've been providing for years until that point, but often in a quite expensive way. So this was our way of making it affordable and lo and behold, much more scalable product and much more scalable business um, because it's affordable.
0: Do you think you would have created MVA if it wasn't for COVID?
1: Yeah, I'd always planned to, but it it accelerated my plans by five years, definitely.
0: Hugh, just to pick up on a couple of things you said, you mentioned that the summer camps, you tried that and it failed. You mentioned about sending tutors abroad and that failed. Earlier on, you talked about being a musician and that failed. This is the kind of language of someone who also calls themselves an entrepreneur, which is something else that you said. People who tend to be quite open about things that they tried and didn't work. Because by definition, if you're trying some things that well, if you're trying a lot of things and some things aren't going to work, then it also means that some things hopefully will work. But the bit that's intrigued me is that you also said that you had a real love of tutoring. And that idea of of tutoring on a one-to-one level, you didn't say it's not scalable, but that's exactly what, it, you know, it, it's not scalable doing that one-to-one because essentially you're, you're charging. Especially in person. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So how does that fit your love of doing that tutoring one-to-one? with also being an entrepreneur who's open to discussing failures in your earlier career?
1: My love of tutoring one-to-one was formed of a, you know, it's, it's a sort of inbuilt thing within many people, teachers included, lots of tutors, though not all tutors, um, but most tutors, and I suppose most teachers as well, which that, that um, love of helping, mm. um, the love of what am I old former teacher mentor call it the love of um giving that brain joy to a child when they realize that thanks to your explanation they understand what's going on in that passage having five minutes ago not understood it and that light bulb moment that you give them through the uh through your education through your ability to teach well um the joy in their eyes when they understand it because of how you've explained it and then the joy that gives you you know that that's that's something not everyone possesses, but teachers do. Good teachers do, and good tutors do, and, and and so to transform for me, it was about doing something I loved. Yes, but then to transform that also into a money making business, and then eventually a second business with the online school, it goes hand in hand because you can you can run businesses um, successful. Most successful businesses are built off like the absolute joy and passion you bring people, and 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 some are not. That's fine, um, but but many are, and so they correlate in that sense. I would say.
0: What do you think the future of education looks like?
1: Everyone's online. I'm joking. <laughs> um, um, choice. This is key. This is it. And, and online schooling, w- one option of of choice. Currently, parents, in uh, sp- certainly in the state sector, they don't have much choice. Um, they go to the, this, the local state school. I know there's different types now, the academies and free schools and... You could say, oh, there's a grammar down the road if you're in Kent. But like, it, it's essentially the same product is there. You know, your child will go to school for eight hours a day, will sit in classes of 30 kids and stare at a whiteboard with a teacher giving a lecture. Um, and you'll hopefully your kid will listen or not. Okay, in the private sector, there's more choice. There's smaller classes, but the structure's the same. Children in a classroom, whiteboard at the front. And... What we'll see in the future is choice. Children will, ha- uh, families will won't will have that only, that choice of the f- mainstream physical school. That's what we call it, <laughs> mainstream physical. Um, there'll be options. An online school will be a great option, or oh, sorry, sorry, an available option, not just in the private sector, in the state sector too. I'm, I'm envisaging state online schools um, where tens of thousands of kids can go and have a happy and joyous education. Um, so so and the other choices might be hybrid um, as well as you know and which is a kind of mixture which which I know some people are trying fairly successfully um, uh, uh, you know and that's the key because the point is everyone's been talking about this for 10 years or more or sorry decades education should not be one size fits all and I know many good schools can tailor their education to the needs of their child but a real genuine tailored education can't happen in a mainstream physical school, really genuine tailored to the individual, but that sort of level of tailored individual education can happen with the online environment. It probably can with physical schools later on, um, but without going into too much of it, my, my main answer to your question is schooling of the future, or you said education of the future, but if we're just gonna focus on schooling of the future, it is choice, more choice for your child in how they learn. So how they access learning? So and this is my big sorry two things here. So I find really important two things that COVID brought us is is how kids go to school, i.e. by going down the road to the school or driving or boarding, or, or indeed they through their computer at home. So how they access school? That's that's, that's that was the one. And the other thing is how they learn and the different models of learning. And what I mean by that is um, mainstream physical schools on the whole the learning is. Uh, children come to the class and the first time they're learning that topic is there and then with the teacher and the whiteboard. But there are other types of learning. One, which I'll talk about now, is flipped learning, which is the model we operate. Because we can, because we're an online school, so we're allowed to be innovative and able to be innovative, flipped learning our model of education, not the, it's not saying it's the only or the best, but it's it's great for online schoolers and it's actually a great model for all school, to be honest. And, and I think more, more will adopt that in the future too. Going back to my main answer to your question, which was choice, there'll be more choice, but just to touch on flip learning. Flip learning, our model is the children log on to their virtual learning platform, virtual learning environment. That is when they see the topic and learn the topic for the first time, not with a teacher, but with audio, video, text. They are reading about this this, the, the subject matter for the first time then and there. So they have a basic level of understanding of it. So when they then go to their live lesson, the next day or later on that afternoon with a real teacher and with their classmates they've got a basic knowledge or medium knowledge uh, medium level knowledge of the subject matter so the lesson guess what from the minute go is interactive discursive interesting um and children have pre-prepared questions for their teachers and it gives the chance for the teacher to create discussion and discourse great and interaction but also if someone's struggling they can give that child more more focus. If a child really clicks it already, they don't need as much focus from the teacher. And then to finish off flip learning, once that live lessons happen with a real teacher, the children go back to their virtual learning platform, either the same day or the next day, where they finish off the topic with a bit more further knowledge and understanding, sure, and then some quizzes, some tests, and to show they've understood it. And then bang, they move on to the next. So that's style. So that's a sort of method of learning which again comes into my future of education is choice. There'll be choice of how we attend school, i.e., the different ways one can get to school or through a computer or walking down the road what have you and there'll be choice of how we how we learn more choice of how we learn traditional mainstream physical classroom model or flip learning as an example and there are some others
0: so let me play devil's advocate for a second just because i'm thinking some people who are listening to this podcast might be thinking this right now if in the future children have got the choice or families have got the choice as to what their child should do then if one of those choices is not to go into school but to be online then that's great for children who for whatever reason can't go into school or really for their own mental health shouldn't be going into school but is there a danger that some children who actually should be going to school will default to not going into school because maybe they're lacking a little bit of self-confidence where actually ironically going into school will would get rid of that issue that they might have with self-confidence and being at home being online might actually make that worse
1: yeah, I think that's a really valid point and a fair question. I don't want to make it necessarily about the child's choice. And I was thinking more of the parent's mm-hmm. choice. Um, and in that instance you've described, you'd like to think the parents are doing what's best for their kid. They're not just letting their son or daughter say, mum, I'd actually rather stay online and that's mm-hmm. going to be better for me so I can game, game at home, yeah. you know, yeah. etc. cetera. I agree. There's dangers with that but ultimately parents having a choice about what's best for their child will outweigh, you know, some children being cheeky and gaming the system. Um, but but, but, yeah, I I, think, and, and you know, unless actually you're talking about quite mature 16, 17 year olds having their own mm-hmm. choice, um, which is a, maybe a different uh, mm-hmm. angle or something different to talk about. I was, you know, I, I think you've got to trust parents at the end of the day to make the right decisions for their own children. And the choice I was talking about was mm-hmm. parents. So.
0: Okay, understood. Do you find this a stressful job to have? I mean, does this keep you up at night?
1: So two years ago, I was the founder of one business with about six employees and um, 70 freelancers, the tutors. Two years later, I've got two businesses, uh, 50 employees um, and 100 freelancers. (laughs) Right. and an 18 month old baby. So uh, life has changed dramatically in two years, I, I must say. Um, and it is more stressful than two years ago. I actually, sort of, I've, I've yearned for those, um, those days of this uh, small profitable business, you know, which we had. It was nice, we weren't growing much at all, but we were profitable and had a nice time, lovely office culture, pre-COVID, you know. I, so- I sometimes miss those days. But I, it was that 2020 summer, I didn't have, you know, we touched on why I launched Manova's Virtual Academy and passion for helping alternative learners and homeschoolers and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, really, it was also that month I, that it was must be to do with COVID. But I was quite depressed. The, the COVID obviously didn't help. I think we all were. But I've um, been running my business for five years and we weren't growing. I know COVID was there, but I just felt really like I hadn't achieved what I'd wanted to achieve. I hadn't haven't hadn't been the entrepreneur i wanted to be when i started minerva tutors i wanted to be the biggest tutoring business in the country and and i'd realized we weren't going to be for reasons i can get into um quickly it's a very very saturated market there's a thousand tutoring agencies in the uk now um so it's just a sort of flat line everywhere really of saturation and and also we're pre, we're premium products so it's quite hard to scale you know our tutors are expensive and we charge a, um, a high rate of commission because of the level of service we provide so I realized we were not going to be the biggest tutoring agency in the country you know that in that summer 2020 and um and that bo- that bothered me uh, slightly um so launching minerva's virtual academy that this the second bit or well, the third business if you count the band was very much of can i make a can i be an, the entrepreneur i want to be We build a scalable business That can really set the world alight and you know two years in we're on on that trajectory i'm not saying we'll get there but but you know every time i long for that rather more relaxed small um small profitable brixton based tutoring business um which was relatively stress-free um every time i long for that i remember what actually i feel what far more fulfilled now and far more like this is what i was born to do and this is my destiny and and Without well, sounding a bit sounding hideously lame, sorry, but but they, um, that's that's what I think about. Um, and so when you ask me about stress, yes, it is stressful. And with this amount of employees, with this the two businesses, and they're, they're growing um, and doing well. But but it's it's good stress. It's stress that's fulfilling stress. So and I'm still going to South Africa on Sunday. So. Don't feel sorry for
0: me. (laughs) Good stress. I like that. Uh, Now, before we hit the record button earlier, like 20, 30 minutes ago, you mentioned about MVA Studio and I said, okay, let's talk about this on the recording. What is MVA Studio? We,
1: as a school, uh, are built on four pillars. I've touched on a couple of them already, but uh, this is how the children go to school. This is how they experience school. Our our four pillars are thus. First is the virtual learning environment, the place where the children log on and self-study. The second pillar is the live lessons with the teachers and their classmates, which are of interactive and engaging, like I've described. The third is the one-to-one mentoring. Every child gets a mentor session once a week, which is incredibly important in an online school because um, it's effectively a mini parents' evening that's, that's sent to the parents every week because obviously parents are a bit dubious about their child learning online and they need to reassurance. The fourth pillar is our community. We try to reflect the community, of a good independent school, British independent school, whatever, i.e. assemblies on a Monday morning with the headmaster, after school clubs in all sorts of cool things, um, non-curricular projects uh, and physical meetups. Our kids meet two or three times a week, uh, sorry, two or three times a term in person. Our children come together from all over Europe and the UK. But we're always trying to improve and our virtual learning environment, we wanted to improve this year, up our game. Um, This is where the kids get do their self-study, where they have a mixture of video and audio and text. And we want to create the best possible education content for GCSEs, A-levels, in video format, sorry, the best possible video education content for our students. So we we did a deal with a wonderful uh, company called Your Favourite Teacher, where we essentially bought their assets, uh, which is their video content, for GCSE and A levels, so it belongs to Minerva, and um, we hired their two top people: their CEO uh, Kate and their head of creative James, to join MVA full time. Uh, and they are now full time in house create, and they have created the MVA studio, so our own in house uh, studio for creating video education content and also audio content. Watch, watch this space for for some podcasts. So it's incredibly exciting to have that functionality within MVA. Um, we we were thrilled by it. So we want the best in class video education content for our kids, and we're on our way to getting there.
0: Nice. And when does all of that kick off from then?
1: MVA Studio was created in January, uh, and uh, videos are going to be popping out soon. You know, you're going to start seeing them left, right, and centre. In fact, yesterday was a filming day. They filmed twenty new videos wow. uh, with. Various members of the team, you'll see our headmaster in action, uh, Lawrence. In fact, if you go on our Instagram now, that's um, Minerva's Virtual Academy Instagram, you will see some behind-the-scenes footage of our filming day at the MVA studio, which is incredibly exciting. It looks like they're having fun playing with green screens (laughs) and the like. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Awesome.
0: We'll put a link to that in the show notes, the Instagram page. And also, before we go, I'm I'm dying to know when you were in the band, what sort of music you were creating, what, what you were playing at the time.
1: We are very much a rock band. So, um, uh, our influences were sort of noughties uh, rock bands from America, like the White Stripes and the Queens of the Stone Age. And that's all I'm telling you, I'm afraid. <laughs> Queens
0: of the Stone Age.
1: Okay, I was the singer. Yeah, I could say I was the singer. There you go. Oh, oh, okay. And fun fact in the heyday of the band, we, we were invited to play at my friend's wedding as the wedding band. We actually did a couple of weddings where we played covers. And we played. It was his wedding in the south of France. We played on this uh, French chateau veranda at 21 covers, sort of Rolling Stones and the Beatles and stuff. Anyway, nine years ago we we disbanded, as it were. And this year it's that same friend's ten-year wedding anniversary. So he has asked us to reform
0: <laughs> for his
1: wedding anniversary party. Brilliant! Uh, Fantastic! So ten years since his wedding, and that. Uh, French chateau and nine years since we broke up we are reforming uh to play I don't think every one night actually I think if we get the bug again maybe we'll start messing around a bit but or we might do some warm-up shows before his wedding uh sorry his anniversary but yeah we are reforming yeah we're playing this summer for the first time in nine years so
0: Awesome. Well, maybe we'll have to get you back on the podcast after summer to find out how that went in that case. Good idea.
1: Yeah, we could do a little number for you, perhaps get the, get the, get the guys oh, brilliant.
0: in. Hugh, we need to bring this to a close. If anybody wants to find out more about MVA, where's the best place they should go apart from the Instagram link that we'll put in the show notes?
1: Cool. Um, MinervaVirtual.com. So MinervaVirtual.com is our website for Minerva's Virtual Academy. And MinervaTutors.com for Minerva Tutors, our tutoring business.
0: Okay. And if people want to follow you online, then I guess, what, LinkedIn, Hugh Viney?
1: Yeah. So for both the companies, Instagram is the best place, and indeed TikTok, so Minerva's Virtual Academy on TikTok, and then for myself, it's LinkedIn, for sure. I do have a Twitter account, but it's pretty barren. Um, and I know lots of the education people out there are on Twitter. But LinkedIn is my patch, as you know, Simon. So please connect with me on LinkedIn. Perfect. Uh, be delighted to chat.
0: Well, Hugh, it's been really good talking to you. Thanks for your time, especially in, during half term. And I uh, hope you have a great time in South Africa from Sunday. But thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Thanks
1: very much. Pleasure.
0: So that was Hugh Viney, founder of Minerva Tutors and MVA. So good to talk to him. And Hugh, a big thank you to you. I know you'll be listening. Don't forget to go follow the school on Instagram, link in the show notes, but also to connect with Hugh himself on LinkedIn. Now, if you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, then just drop me a message. I'm simon at thebonjouragency.com. We make podcasts just like this for school marketing to help connect you with your local school community and to drive up new inquiries from prospective parents. To find out more, just check out our website, www.thebonjouragency.com, or give me a call on 020-7858-2246. I'm chuckling to myself because I just remember Michael McIntyre one time talking about www. And how much time we've wasted in our lives by saying www. Uh, anyway, in the meantime, let's get back to it. In the meantime, our next episode's coming out soon. So click that option to follow or subscribe. It just means you won't miss it. We'll see you next time. Bye for now.